Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't Moriarty disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek, two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who uh, is the vengeance. He's a man who is the knight. It's Jacob. Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who just can't wait to get back to his girl, Hazel. Welcome, Drew. Well, what can I tell you? Harley just done left me to go go hang out with the birds of prey. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. (laughs) And for the first time, we actually have a a, uh, special guest. Indeed we do. All right. And so, to introduce the bearded knight, the man who... (laughs) The man who is uh, a little brother to me and has the 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 bot the body of a bice bison, and <laughs> there are inside jokes being made that I do not get. Sadly, neither do I. <laughs> uh, let me introduce Jim Heron. Uh, he's the uh, he's create creator and our. Uh, sister podcast of the movie of the week podcast, and he's also got a slew of other things he actually, he actually does work on. Welcome, Drew. Jim. <laughs> Great, you've already confused me with your brother. Uh, yeah, I'm Jim. Uh, thanks for having me. Long time listener, first time uh, caller, <laughs> podcast Maybe. host. We'll see. Um, either way, um, good to be here. Good to be here. Excited. So, uh, Tell us about, a little about yourself. Um, as or about you and your cre- of your creative endeavors, I should say. Yeah. Well, um, you know, as previously stated, I work on a, a podcast with these guys occasionally, uh, once a week at least. It seems like uh, <laughs> movie of the week podcast. Uh, you can find it at movie of the week movie of the week podcast uh, dot transistor dot fm. I'll mention that again later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I also do a uh, a little web comic. Uh, and uh, yeah, a little bit of this and that. So, all right, all right. So, I do have a few questions for Jim. I feel like I threw him at him earlier, but um, little a little bit to get our audience get you know a little bit more, maybe your animation side a little bit. Okay. So, what was the the first movie you saw in theaters as a kid? Which isn't one of the questions he asked me. No, earlier, I didn't. But that's, so, a, but that's no, but it is one both me and him have answered on the, the show. Well, so. the the first animated film I saw in theaters was Land Before Time. I think mm-hmm. that was also Jacobs. Yes, um, big fan. Remember that? Remember going to Pizza Hut and having all the extra stuff we got with that, ducky mm-hmm. puppets, etc. Oh yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah, that one. All right. So, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Um, it's a toss up. Uh, a huge part of me wants to say Ninja Turtles, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, yeah. of the 80s, 87 to be specific. Um, and then there's all, but then again, a huge part of me is a is a diehard Thundercat fan. So that's my my big two. I couldn't really tell you for sure which one's better, but they're great. So those two. Okay. And third and final question. Uh, besides the movie you were reviewing now, what was the uh, most recent animated movie you've seen? It's uh, Batman Hush. Batman Hush. Batman okay. Hush. It's good. Uh, I, I have another one sitting on my shelf that I'm waiting to watch too, which is the new Wonder Woman uh, movie ah, too. So the okay. new animated, yeah, because I love all the DC animated stuff. They're fantastic. All right, all right, good deal. So, Jacob, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well, I had the chance to. Well, obviously on YouTube, there's tons of things you can watch, and uh, one that I found absolutely hysterical was this one little. Um, Mary Melody's, I think I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mary Melody's. The, the more expensive of the two, because they're both technically owned by Warner Brothers, but yeah. Mary Melody's was the more premier side of things. Yeah. So apparently this was for the new, the newer um, Looney Tunes. Okay. It's for new, and uh, it was called, what was it? Uh, Daffy the Wizard. Hmm. It was basically Daffy, Daffy Duck. Apparently, believe uh, Daydreaming, he's a wizard. And it is animated so beautifully. And it's like, oh my gosh, can we get a series of this? 
I know it's Daffy Duck, but still, it's incredible. Well, Daffy Duck has been funny a lot of times. So. Oh, yeah. He's funny as can be, but... Is, does, there, is there any rogue, uh, you know, mops and buckets? And no, there's none not. of that going on in there? No. <laughs> no, just Daffy being Daffy. Okay. Okay. Uh, other than that, I got to watch a uh, premiere of a little short for the little hometown that I'm from and Jim's from. And that I moved to. And that you moved to. Uh, it's basically for it's for a contest with HDGTV. Thank you, HGTV. And uh, it's just basically to be like, hey, if you've got towns that are this size and have some problems and want to get fix things up, Make a video. And they did. It was absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. And I enjoyed it. And the, the theater itself was packed. All right. Yep. So, Sounds yeah. like it's a good thing I didn't try to get in there because someone who really wanted to see it more than me would have <laughs> not been able to get in. I got you. All right. So that's all I've had the chance to watch. How about you, Drew? Uh, what have I had a chance to watch? Uh, I realized that there's no way on earth I can make it through two seasons of Star Wars The Clone Wars before the new episodes come out on Friday. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm kind of going more of a... I'm hoping I can just start at season seven and not be too lost. But I'm eventually going to go back and finish and get caught up completely because then at least, you know, things will merge better, hopefully. But uh, I've watched a little bit more of that, and I have also got back to watching more Phineas and Ferb <laughs> because I just love that show. Ah, It's just a fun show. I enjoy watching. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've had a chance to watch. All right, Outside deal. of, of course, this movie. What have you watched recently, Jim? Well, uh, I, I've, recently I watched a little bit of Gargoyles because you know, oh, I, I love Gargoyles. Classic. Which season? Uh, first season. We're just getting back into it. You know, they released it on Disney. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I watched a couple episodes with so my wife. So the, 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 the cut-up pilot, essentially? Cut-up pilot yeah, movie? The, yeah, we watched, uh, I want to say we watched three or four episodes, mm-hmm. so we got past that. But yeah, uh, it's, I love the intro. They should just make a movie. Ep- the first movie, all it needs is the first two episodes of the show. Yeah. Well, um, if I remember correctly, when it was first released, they like the first four or five episodes because it's all one story. Right. Yeah. Was one movie, yeah. and I remember yeah. seeing it on V. I, I had the V. Mm. I rented the VHS once. That's cool. I didn't know. And that. it had a little stupid little thing at the end for like a board game, which made no sense. <laughs> yeah. But I think but, they, I could. I think they could literally take the the until they get to the you know uh, when they when they first get. Uh, Turn to stone forever or whatever, yeah. and end there at the end of a movie and leave everybody hanging. I think mm-hmm. would be fantastic, and then they could you know do another movie afterwards. What I remember is that it went from it, went, it was that whole beginning part plus mm-hmm. all their dealings with Xanatos, uh, who I still think of as Riker because it <laughs> right. is Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, there's and, a couple uh, Star Trek people. in A couple, yes, yeah. quite a few. And it goes until they finally leave the castle and go hang out on the clock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so which uh, I own the entire. I own the first series on DVD. The first season. First season. That's Me what too. I mean. Yeah, I, I yeah, own it. This is America, not Britain. <laughs> Our seasons, not series. Yep, that's true. Whichever. That's true. Um, I also watched uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I, yes, I think y'all did as yeah, well. That we was fun. That <laughs> was fun. Um, I, I got to watch. What else did I watch? I watch a lot of TV uh, occasionally, so I watch a lot of regular episodes, like you know uh, everything from medical shows like Grey's Anatomy to sitcoms like um, The Connors or uh, you know whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as animated stuff, I think that's it for the moment, including this. I hadn't watched All anything right. lately. Uh, Hush being, I think, a week ago. So oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So what we got in the news? All right. So what do we got in the news? We actually got quite a bit, actually. All right. If I get my phone out correctly. All right. Sorry, new toy. I got you. <laughs> All right. So G Kids and Fathom Events will be bringing Children of the Sea, the latest feature of a uh, Japanese Studio Four, which brought uh, which brought you titles such as Mind Game, Animatrix. Batman Gotham Knight to be okay. uh, to U.S. Uh, U.S. selected cinemas this spring. They do good animation. They do. Batman Gotham Knights is a great uh, series of shorts. If you've never watched it, I, 
I didn't like it. I think the animation is interesting, but yeah. I did not like I mean, the stories and stuff. Great stories. I mean, it's, it is interesting to watch. Sure. As far as yeah. the DC animated movies goes, mm-hmm. it's bottom. Well, this chunk. was before the real big push. Well, yeah, it was just they, at the beginning. They'd yeah, only done so a few. They weren't so. really sure what they were doing yet, but yeah. still, I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just right. not Especially horrible. Bad Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you're interested in going seeing this film, uh, I think the trailer is up. It's been released uh, as of recently. Uh, the movie will be premiered on Monday, April 20th in an English subtitle on Wednesday, April 22nd in English dub. And to give you a small synopsis of what the film is about, uh, when, Rhea was, when Rhea was younger, she saw a ghost in the water of an... Um, she saw a ghost in where her dad worked. Now she feels drawn towards her father's former place of work and two mysterious boys she meets there. They were raised. They were ra- they were raised by dungus. I might be pronouncing that wrong. And here the str- the strange calls from the sea as she does. Riku's yeah, Riku. I believe it's Riku. Riku's dad and, and the other adults who work at the where he worked are only. Only mildly aware of this, and yeah, basically, it sounds like a very interesting, fishy movie. Okay, all right. Speaking of everyone's favorite speedy blue hedgehog, apparently, um, his movie is doing very well in the US, US box office. Uh, the live action, the live action hybrid film of Sonic Hedgehog has brought in three million dollars and three three thousand one hundred. 350 theaters on special Thursday night preview. Also uh, estimated to hit $70 million in four days. Um, expected to be, a, um, yeah, the $40, $50 million. Setting a domestic opening record for the big screen video game adaptation for three to four days. Sonic grossed three rings in the tune of 80 of $38 million by Monday night. Okay. Pretty sure most people remember uh, Spot, uh, Spies in the Skies came out earlier this year. Yeah, I never got around to seeing it. Yeah, so apparently it's going to be released on March 15th on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and v- on DVD. And so if you're interested in that, go pick it up. All, All right. right. And so... We bring to our last little bit of news, and I think for any 80s kid, they'll be like, this is exciting. All right, so Netflix and Mattel Television announced Friday that the all-star cast of the upcoming Netflix anime anime series Masters of the Universe Revolution, Revelation, based on, the he, based on He-Man, Skeletor, Tila, and the other iconic characters from the Masters of the Universe franchise. Anybody, any, yeah. Animated by Castlevania Studio Powerhouse Animation, Revelation will focus on the unresolved storylines of the classic franchise, picking up where the animated series left off decades ago with all-star casts of Mark Hamill to Skeletor, Lynn Hedgel, Hedgel, I might be pronouncing that wrong, as Evil Lynn, Chris Wood. You gotta love a name like Evil Lynn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris Wood uh, is also known for his uh, Superman and the Vampire Diaries as Prince Adam, a.k.a. He-Man. Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, will be playing Tila. So Liam Cunningham will be playing Man of Arms. Stephen Root will be playing Cringer. Cringer's got a voice. <laughs> well, well Ritt- Frank Welker probably wasn't able to be there. No, probably not. You did leave off uh, Kevin Conroy, I believe. No, he's in here. I'm trying to look up the name you mispronounced because I know who it is. And I think it's like Lena Headley. Yeah, thank you. Lena, She's She's dead. No, 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 from uh, Game of Thrones. Game Uh, of Thrones, thank you. I cannot pull up the the thing on my phone. Okay. All right. Anyway. Anyways. uh, It's uh, Alicia Silverstone, Justin Long. Oh, Batgirl's in this. Yeah, Batgirl's in it. Phil Lamar, Tony Todd, Cree Smith, Kevin Michael Richardson, Kevin Conroy, of course, and Harley Quinn Smith. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw yeah. her name on the list, and I was like, I don't know her, but apparently her uh, parents are DC fans. Yeah, and also, what it sounds like. And also, Kevin Smith is heading the project. That's good. Kevin yeah. Smith is a great yes. director, producer, whatever he's involved in it. Um, All right, so that is the news in a nutshell. All right, then we'll move into our spoiler-free review section for Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Jim, what um, are your thoughts? Well, it's, uh, it's a good movie. It's something that everybody who liked uh, the animated series should definitely watch. Mm-hmm. I think it's kid-friendly, but it's a little dark, so you might want to preview it before you let your kids watch it. That would be my advice mm-hmm. on it. And yeah, go watch it if you haven't, or if you have, you should probably watch it again anyway. It's fun to watch. Okay. That's the best I can give you. I, I enjoyed the movie also. Uh, it was not, and admittedly, I did remember seeing this, what, 30 years ago when in it came theaters, out? theaters, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see uh, it in theaters. It was good in theaters. I'm I sure it was, it in but I didn't get a chance to watch it. That would make sense you would watch it in theaters. I didn't get a chance to watch it in theaters simply because I didn't. I saw it on, uh, ironically, the same night I watched Back to the Future for the first time because mm. we rented it. And I remember, I remember that's the first time I watched this movie, and apparently I retained very little information, but I did know, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff I did right. remember. It's, it's not what I think of when I think of a superhero movie, but it is a good Batman story. It's more like uh, it's more of a detective story than I would say most superhero stories would end up being, and I think it actually works better than it would if it was just a, a straight up superhero story starring Batman. Sure, and the argument could be made that Batman's not a real superhero. He's just True. A, a very good hero, but he's not super-powered. So, I mean, he has money. He, money is a superpower. According to Iron Man, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun. The uh, just brought back a lot of nostalgia for me because I remember watching on TV as a kid when this came out. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Very... Very dark story for a for a Batman animated series, and that show was dark already. Mm-hmm. But this was dark, and I enjoyed the crap out of it. It was so good, and uh, yeah, highly highly recommend it. Alrighty, so I guess we will now move into our spoiler filled section. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. The following is a spoiler filled review for the movie Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Listener discretion is advised. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, was directed by Eric Radomski and Bruce Timm. Eric Radomski was the supervising creative director on many Marvel animated shows, if you can believe that. Hmm. And of course, Bruce Timm, by by making Batman the animated series, became the creator of the entire DC animated universe. Yep, yep, yep. Mostly what he did from when I was looking through there. Plus, I know he did a couple of the more recent DC straight-to-video stuff. Yeah. Two. It was uh, written by Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Martin Pascoe, and Michael Reeves. Uh, Alan Burnett wrote many of... was a writer on many of the uh, Disney afternoon shows such as DuckTales, Tailspin... Uh, he did an episode of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, I saw. And he was the writer on uh, DuckTales the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp, oh, which we'll have one. to do at one time, some point. Some point. Uh, Paul Dini all, uh, went on to write Hulk and the Agents of Smash and Ultimate Spider-Man on oh. Disney Channel. Uh, Good shows. Mark Pasco uh, was the story editor on The Tick okay. for a time. That was the funniest one I saw there. And, of course, Michael Reeves uh, went on to write for Gargoyles. Oh. Yes. Fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, Batman, of course, was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Not that Bill Finger is credited in this, because this is before they started doing that. Yeah. But I'm being nice. Bill Finger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, music was by Shirley Walker, who uh, wrote the music for the original Flash TV series, which predated this. Oh. <laughs> Didn't know With that. With Mark Hamill. Yes. yes, with Mark Hamill as the trickster. We'll yes. get to that. And uh, I saw an interesting thing when I was wa- going through the credits on this, because I saw a name. I thought, surely this is not the same guy. But the uh, synthesis artist was Hans Zimmer. The same? The same, same. Hans uh, Zimmer. Ah, That's cool. So I had to bring that up because I thought, okay, that's cool. He worked on this before he went and wrote new themes for the 
uh, Snyder yeah. verse versions. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the cast includes, uh, as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, we have Kevin Conroy. Uh, in the uh, as Jacob mentioned earlier, in the upcoming Masters of the Universe Revelations, he is playing Merman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea Beaumont was played by Dana Delaney, who uh, went on to play Lois Lane in Superman the Animated Series. And almost everything DC makes. She's kind of the, the most popular Lois Lane in all of the DC ah. Animated. Um, she's done a lot, but she also did like Body of Proof, where she played uh, like the lead in that as Megan Hunt. She was on Desperate Housewives. She's on... Um, she was on Castle as Agent Shaw. She's in Tombstone. She was uh, Josephine Marcus in Tombstone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's been in a lot. All right. Interesting. Uh, Arthur Reeves was played by Hart Bachner, or is it Bochner? I think it's Bachner. I'm not certain. I think you're right the first time. Either way, uh, he is most famous for playing Harry Ellis in Die Hard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Which, if you don't know who that is, A, you've not seen Die Hard. Yeah. B, uh, he's the guy. If you have seen Die Hard, it's just skipping on the name. Uh, This was the guy who uh, tried to pretty much sell out the entire company to the to uh, what the the villain. I can't think of his name. He was just trying to make a deal. That's all he was trying to do. (laughs) He was trying to help Alan Rickman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's the quintessential '80s douche. Pretty much. For lack of pretty much. Yes. Uh, Arthur Reeves. Sorry, I said that again. Stacy Keach played the voice of the Phantasm and Carl Beaumont. Uh, and the main thing I saw that he was in was uh, in the Planes spinoff of the Cars franchise. He played uh, Skipper Riley, apparently the main character in that franchise's mentor. Oh, okay. Yeah, he plays a lot of bit parts in uh, regular sitcoms and stuff. Mm-hmm. He plays a lot of dads and grandpas. He's a good yeah. actor, though. So, uh, so he was but, a perfect for this role. Oh, yeah. Perfect for this. Oh, yeah. Salvatore Valestra was played by Abe Vigoda. If you've ever seen the television show Barney Miller, he plays Detective Phil Fish. And in The Godfather, he was Tessio. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Chucky Soul, which is a great name. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to say that right now. Uh, Chucky Soul was played by Dick Miller. And in the in the first Terminator movie, he played a pawn shop clerk. Oh, I guess he's the one who... No, was that where he bought the guns, I guess? I think yeah, so. I guess that's... Yeah. Hmm. It's been too long since I watched the Terminator. Mm-hmm. I only saw it recently because I had to watch the new one. So I watched it in, uh, oh, okay. in, ah. in, the, in Judgment Day before I watched it. Uh, Buzz Bronski was played by John P. Ryan for his three lines. <laughs> and he was pretty much an extra in a lot of stuff. He had a lot of bit parts, so... yeah. Not a big role there. Alfred was played by Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. And the coolest thing I saw is that on the 90s animated Spider-Man series, he played Dr. Otto Octavius. Really? Yeah. He's Doc Ock. That's fantastic. I knew he was Alfred. And that's really the... I I thought he's always been one of the best Alfreds. Mm -hmm. But... I didn't know he's, he a, he's Doc, Doc Ock. Wow. Okay. And he's range there. I didn't and uh, he play, re, replayed Doc Ock up until the 2000 Spider-Man video game. Hmm. They, of course, did not use him in Spider-Man 2 because they had Alfred Molina. Right. Mm-hmm. He did an amazing job yes. as a character. Love Molina. Uh, Commissioner Gordon was played by Bob Hastings. And the coolest thing I saw is on the television show The Munsters, he played the, the Raven Clock. Hmm. Huh. Well, on the Munsters, yeah. instead of a cuckoo clock, right. they had a raven clock who would pop, pop out and say, nevermore, or, and okay. some other little stupid yeah, jokes. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's Commissioner Gordon, which I find hilarious. <laughs> huh. uh, Detective Bullock was played by Robert Costanzo. In Total Recall, he played Harry. And in Die Hard 2, which I believe subtitle is Die Harder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he played Sergeant Vito Lorezzo. Remember off the top of my head. I don't know either. I'm just assuming he's a guy on the police force. Yeah, probably. but he was Harvey Bullock. Yeah, there you huh. Go. And of course, last but most certainly not least, <laughs> we've got Mark Hamill. What has he done? Has he ever done anything? Yeah. Uh, well, he in this <laughs> movie, little, he little plays, actor. In this movie, he plays the Joker. Uh, he is in the upcoming. Once again, in the upcoming Masters of the Universe Revelation, he is playing Skeletor. 
<laughs> in uh, Transformers: Power of the Primes, he is playing Megatronus. It's a weird name. <laughs> well, you know, it's Transformers. It's Transformers. Yeah. They just add. I don't. I'm guessing it's just Megatron, but worse. Robots in yeah. disguise. And then, of course, he is Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. He played Chucky in the new, most recent uh, Child's Play movie. I still yes. have to watch that. He is the trickster in both Flash television series. Yes. And he is this week's Kingdom Hearts reference, as once again, he played Master Eriquist. Oh, uh, okay. In, in Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts 3. Ah. Now I've actually been on your podcast. I was going to say, if that doesn't happen, yeah. I'm not in an episode. That's going but sure. unfortunately, this is a repeat one. Because sure. it's... Nobody else in this was in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, that's the cast and crew of this movie. All right. It's a good cast. Mm-hmm. So, when we're talking about numbers, all right, the movie was released November 25th, 1993. Had a budget of $5 million. Its opening weekend was $1.89 million. Its U.S. and worldwide release was $5.6 million. So, it came up a little bit short. Or it actually made its budget by barely. Hmm. That's all I've got. That's all you got? All right. Well, let's go into the synopsis right quick. Uh, a, a mysterious entity known as the Phantasm is killing some of Gotham's gangsters and accidentally uh, framing Batman for it. As Batman investigates this, he runs into his uh, ex-fiancee, uh, Andrea Beaumont, and... Uh, that, which brings back memories of his first year right before he actually put on the, the actual Batman mask while he was still going around looking like a gangster. Or not really a gangster, a, uh, a thug, right. we'll say. Running around in a ski mask. Let's, get, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, At least not a hockey mask. Yeah, and we get some of that re- retelling of that bit of story. At the same time, uh, we're seeing gangsters being killed left and right scaring uh, Salvatore into going to do the thing no one in their right mind should do, deciding to go hire the Joker. (laughs) But says an interesting line that uh, the Joker's hands are just as dirty as any of theirs. And uh, so the Joker plants a trap for Batman, but ends up seeing the Phantasm, and because apparently the Joker is a much better detective than Batman, puts two and two together and realizes that the Phantasm is, in fact, Andrea Beaumont. Spoilers, <laughs> which were in that section, but I don't yeah. care. And, uh, but Batman finally figures it out when Joker says, oh, I thought I was getting toots. Uh, and so uh. Batman goes to where Joker is hanging out to stop uh, Phantasm from killing him because she's not going to be able to kill him. And Batman and Joker have a good fight out, and yeah, that's pretty much the movie. In uh, Batman's defense, love is blind. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll grant you <laughs> maybe, that. Maybe that's it. All right. So, uh, Jim, what was your first dis- uh, first like of this movie? Okay, so we're going good first. Good right. first. Yeah. Um, let's we see. go good, then we go bad. <laughs> okay. Um, my first. You take the good, you take the bad, you mix them all together. And there you have the facts of life. Yeah. The one of the things I really like about this film um, is even though it's attached to the animated series, filled with characters from it, filled mm-hmm. with voice actors from it, it stands alone. It doesn't yeah. have to have. You don't have to have watched the animated series to get this at all. Right. It's a self-contained project. Um, we get all the backstory we need. Um, it's entertaining, and there's no need to go. I mean, you're not sitting there wondering, well, what did I, what did I miss? What, yeah. what am I not mm-hmm. getting? Um, as opposed to a lot of movies that are based on a TV show where you really have to watch it. This one, you could literally just go watch oh, yeah. uh, the movie. And I think that that's really one of my favorite things about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to bring up one thing that I, in my research, um, basically I did all my research to do a V of YouTube for a, um, for a certain YouTube channel called um, Watchtower Database. And these guys are nerdy nerds about the DCAU. Sure. And break down mm-hmm. everything about the DCAU. And according to their research, now they might be wrong, they might be right. But when you said, be like, it's, a, it's only, it's a standalone movie. Yeah. According to their research, it actually fits in about halfway through season one. 
Well, yeah, I, I could mean, see that. Yeah, the, 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 main, the main story, not the flashback. Yeah. Sure, sure. And I, I get that. What I'm referring to is that while it fits well within the mm-hmm. animated series, it right. doesn't feel like you're away from it. You don't have to have watched the animated series. Yeah. Right. Like, as far as trying to make money goes, it's a genius mm-hmm. way to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to make something that everybody's going to have to go back and watch the cartoon. You want the parents yeah. to be able to get the movie. You want the kids to be able to get it, even if they've only occasionally seen the show. Right. Or if they've not seen it at all. And that's why I think it's so great, uh, is because you can go in, mm-hmm. get your popcorn, sit down, watch the movie, and it has. I, you know, I didn't have to go back. And watch the animated series to get all the stuff. I mean, I've seen probably ninety percent of it, mm-hmm. um, but I had no reason to go back and look, read a bunch of stuff. I just got there and watched it, and there's nothing where I'm going. Wait a second, what what what's that scene about? Yeah, and that's one of the big things I like about this movie. All right, all right. Uh, my first but my first like about it is actually the flashbacks. Okay. The the flashback scenes of like young Bruce Wayne and just retur- just returning to uh, Gotham, falling in love with uh, what's her name, Andrea uh, Andrea Beaumont Andrea, falling in love with her, and wanting to break his promise to his parents, be like I'm falling in love, be like I'd be like I don't know if I can do this anymore, and. It's really touching that the man be like he has devoted his life to vengeance and becoming, you know, the knight, the knight, literally becoming the knight. And uh, he falls in love. And now he's torn. He's torn between this. And it's really moving. It's mm-hmm. really moving. And uh, there again, using my information I got from uh, Watchtower Database, they they put these scenes between like 1984, I believe putting the movie around the the movie continental a uh, continental continuity 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 thank you somewhere between 1993-94 so it's really it's that's a really interesting very fascinating that like batman at one point may have never became batman because he fell in love yeah so yeah so uh, my first like of this movie is the fact that it it is a non-traditional, quote-unquote, superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I know there can be, like we talked about earlier, I know there can be some argument as that Batman's not actually a superhero sure. because he doesn't actually have superpowers. He's as super as you get otherwise. Yeah, yeah you, and he is the world's greatest detective. Sure. If that's not super-ish enough for you, I can't really help you. Yeah. But... Sherlock Holmes is a, not a superhero either. Yeah. But. How do you know? Just because he, he was created before superheroes doesn't make him not a superhero. Exactly. Yeah, plus you don't want to tangle with him in a dark alley. <laughs> yes. But anyway, anyway. So it's anyway. Two ways a Sunday. We can I, I can't later. help it if Sherlock Holmes doesn't have a cool car. <laughs> it takes you got to have a costume and a car, and he does not have either. Really? Because Superman don't have a car. He does too. Oh yes, I forget the '60s when they had to make toys. <laughs> hey. It's the same reason Spider-Man has a buggy too. Hey, that buggy's awesome. I didn't say it wasn't. And if there's no, no no buildings to swing off of, how does he get across the beach? <laughs> By car. Dude, I'm, just, buggy. I'm just saying. In a recent movie we just watched. <laughs> Ferris Bueller through the backyards, which was great. Because if this was a superhero movie, here's what would have happened. The Phantasm would have been the bad guy, and it would have just had your friendly neighborhood Joker as a special guest villain. Yeah, pretty much. Batman probably would have to protect, which admittedly, not a bad concept for a story. Yeah. I think it's been done many times. But that's not what this is about. This is not... The the fact that there is a villain just gives someone Batman somebody to fight at the end because this is not about him fighting the Joker this is not one of the Joker's mad schemes going amok this is somebody's killing gangsters one of those gangsters happens to be the Joker before he became the Joker yeah that was I do love proto Joker that's a great model design oh yeah this is about Batman this is about Bruce Wayne yeah let's forget that this is Bruce Wayne I know there's the whole thing where technically Bruce Wayne is the alter ego to Batman because all that this all that mess this is the original Bruce Wayne getting up into Batman's life and dealing with the fact that he did fall like you said did fall in love once had a love and then she had to leave for reasons Bruce Wayne had no way of knowing about and 
with his broken heart and recently discovered giant bat cave <laughs> yeah. that yeah. was found the same day he decided to propose, which I thought, gee, that's not convenient. <laughs> no. <laughs> not convenient at all. And, um, yeah, it's it's the fact that we do get that pass, like you said, mm-hmm. and that it's about Batman and, and the Phantasm herself uh, dealing with these pa- this past that they had together and the fact that Batman's actually, I think, doing a better job of handling that grief than I think she is. Now, that's debatable. Sure. Granted, she, but let's face it, Batman's not going out and killing all the people who killed his folks. She is. Right. <laughs> yeah. This... This story is very much the hero versus anti-hero mm-hmm. yeah. um, story, you know. And then they, this has been done in Batman: The Red Hood, yeah. You know where we find out that Jason Todd is the guy killing people and being the hero slash bad guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And several other stories where they end up finding that this anti-hero, sometimes a villain, mm-hmm. is not a bad person, but yeah. they're you know. But a re- but they have a reason for doing it. Yeah, and then you their see motivations. That, right, you get the dilemma mm-hmm. as the hero. What all should I do? What can I do? Am I a good hero at yeah. the end of the day? And it's it's definitely because of this movie we get a lot of other movies that do the same thing. I think in the mm-hmm. animated DC um, and many others, I'm sure. But yeah. it's it's yeah, it's, it's very good now, in that it's not a traditional superhero. Now movie. I will say, as a kid and a little bit on this viewing, the fact that. Batman didn't go fisticuffs with the Phantasm was a little disappointing, <laughs> but in retrospect, yeah, as an adult, because I guarantee as a kid I thought the movie was probably stupid because they didn't mm. fight. But you know, kids are stupid. When you're a kid, you're stupid sometimes. Yeah. Yes, um, I, I kind of understand where we're going. And plus, we get a great Batman Joker fight. So I mean, yeah. who's really complaining? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Jim, what is your second like? All right, let me pick. Hold on. Um. I think I'm going to go with um, the fact that it happened. Mm-hmm. The fact that this movie got made is yeah. my my second like for this. Uh, we're talking about in an era when we already have uh, most adults won't see an animated film mm-hmm. uh, because they go, that's a kid's movie, unless yeah. they're taking their kids. Um, we've seen that change uh, at least a chunk. Our generation, yes. and a little bit before, a little bit after. Right. Um, I mean, if that didn't happen, this podcast probably wouldn't exist. For sure. Probably not. Um, but at this point, we get a DC product, an, which is an animated series already, turned into a theater film. Mm-hmm. Something, a big picture, not something you get on DVD, which we're, there's plenty of those for every every. TV show, and again, just like a lot yeah. of them, they'll just box some episodes and throw them on DVD. Oh yeah, or VHS at the time. Yeah, because technically, when they when they started, they were going to directly to DVD VHS, right? But at the last minute, like the eleventh hour, they told the animators, "Oh yeah, we're getting a bigger budget. It's going to theaters, so widen the screen out." Right, which I, I think will will explain some of the little errors. I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. The fact that this happened is what led to so many great products. Um, and again, I, I know I keep touching on them, but the DC animated oh, films yeah. are superior in almost every way to the live action DC movies. There are a couple of good ones for sure. And people can argue back and forth on mm-hmm. whatnot. But most people who watch them and watch the DC live action will say if they could just do the DC animated movies, but live action, yeah. we would have better product. Um this movie is the forefather. This is, even though it didn't make a lot of money, uh, broke even pretty much in theaters, mm-hmm. uh, lost or gained a little bit. Um, and then we're talking about some DVD sales and uh, VHS sales at the time too. I'm sure. Um, it wasn't a big money maker, but it did show that they could make better animated movies. And there's an audience for that. Yeah. Not just let's throw together a quick home uh, movie. Or, but we can make a good one, even if it doesn't go to theaters, put a, a decent budget on it, and people will spend the money because they're they're looking for good content. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this did. Jacob, what's your second like? My second like would actually be the Phantasm herself. <laughs> Interesting fact, kind of a pop quiz be like, who is the Phantasm designed after? The Grim Reaper? No. Are you talking uh, like a Are character? Are you talking about... Are you talking about Andrea Beaumont herself? Or no, the, the phantasm of the phantasm. The phantasm. What, like, um, which the, character the was, she, was she inspired by? 
I, I'm not sure where we're coming from, so I'm 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 gonna let you just tell me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, Mysterio. Actually. Okay. Makes oh, I can see that for sure. Yeah, because apparently there was a rumor going around for years because there was a a a Batman character called the Phantasm for years, and it was just like apparently it was this character with a skull head and what have you, and so they. Fans would speculate, be like, "Oh, this is what this character based off." But apparently, uh, Paul Dini, I believe, had brought had brought it up that it's like, no, he's based off uh, Mysterio, hmm. or it was, it was Bruce Tim, whoever had said it. But it's yeah. Either way, the Phantasm I I find is a very compelling character, definitely as so. Andrea Bowman might be like she falls in love with Batman. Her father is kind of a crooked man. He makes a deal with the wrong people and has to run and then winds up dying. And then she comes back to Gotham many years later and seeks revenge about those men that, uh, led to her father's death. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's there again, kind of like the backstory is very compelling, very compelling. The, the fact that this is a, uh, like you, like Jim said earlier that it's, it's their motivations, like what their, uh, what their goal, what their end game is. And with Andrew Beaumont, aka the Phantasm, it's revenge. Mm-hmm. It's revenge, and be like you see this, like you said earlier, this dualism of uh, the hero antihero, and their motivations and their desires, and it's really fascinating to watch. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that that. Batman is kind of an he's not an anti-hero, but he's I don't know where you where do you put Batman? Well, Batman's an anti-hero. Well, yeah, because in he, a sense. But in, a in, sense. in the animated series, they definitely make him much cleaner, much yeah. more streamlined hero. He doesn't follow the cop. I mean, he's against the cops, which makes yeah. him an anti-hero yeah. because he's breaking the law in order mm-hmm. to achieve his goals. That's even mentioned in this film. Yeah, that's why he's an anti-hero. However, yeah. he is way cleaner way good guy in this film as and in the dc animated uh uh series and, yeah. and that that universe yeah plus he has a tendency of not killing people right well for some to some degree the reason that is, is they're trying to mix tim burton's batman with 66 batman to make it more make the darker batman more palatable for kids sure and that Batman, I think, did more with me. He was pretty much the, the a deputy at that point right. in that show. But uh, that's why he works more with the police. Because this, while this is while Gotham in this show and in the movie is still a dirty town, sure. In which you know, like Perry White said uh, in the in Batman versus Superman, uh, crime in Gotham and other news, water is wet. Uh, <laughs> right. I think. But uh, yeah, it's. It's much more cleaner than I would think it, in, in many other Batman shows. Right. We get a lot of the comic in this in many mm-hmm. ways because of it gets that very dark tone. Um, but they do try to make sure it's family friendly because they want the kids to be able to watch it. Right. right. They don't want a mom going, that's too violent, even if it's just, you know, cartoon action because we yeah. do see that yeah. a lot. But they do a really good job of keeping it minimal punch kick. Punch yes. kick. He doesn't yeah. shoot anybody. He doesn't in, which just is, robots, which is Batman. Yeah, he doesn't do anything too serious. He's not constantly, not as much of the hanging people upside down, intimidating them, and kicking them mm-hmm. as you see in other stuff. Right. But you know, it's uh, for a reason. But he's still mm-hmm. an antihero, just not as much. And again, we see her character is way more that classic. I will kill people, get my stuff done, Punisher, oh, yeah. as mm-hmm. you said, sort of antihero. Though she's just doing it for one motive. It's more revenge. Where while Batman is a revenge type character, yeah. he's more about justice. Yeah, that's true. Um, in in that aspect, it's not really vengeance, but it is kind of vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, my second like is the music. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love the music in this movie, and I know it's a continuation of the show, and they use yep. many of the same uh, musical cues. Right. But it just sounded so amazing in this movie, especially the Joker's theme. The tw- mm-hmm. two times we get it, it was like, "Oh, this is great!" And then, of course, you get the horrible, horrible, uh, a new world, a new fa- uh, World's Fair exposition welcome <laughs> song. And yeah. I agree with the Joker. I just hate that song. Uh, 
Yeah. And the robots are ugly. But, which, so, yeah, I'm fine with him shooting them up. But, yeah, it's just, the music in this, is, it, it gives you that, because the setting in this, in Batman, while it is 80s, mm-hmm. kind of has a 40s right. feel to it. And yeah. this, and the music kind of continues that 80s, 40s mixture. Yeah, they try to keep to it, it timeless. And yeah. yeah. Gotham is an old city. Right. I love the choral intro. Yes. That yeah. we get over the, the addition of the Latin over the Batman It is theme. very nice. Oh, yes. I, I yes. really like, I, I, I was like, okay, I want to look this up, but I have to watch this movie. I'll do yes. it later. I, and, I, and of course, you never go bother to look, I, I didn't look it up. I didn't up because I didn't either. <laughs> But yeah, I'm sure it's something along the lines of "He is the vengeance, he is the night." <laughs> did you ever hear the, uh, the someone did a uh, uh, lyrics to this song, uh, the the animated Batman mm-hmm. theme? I don't remember who did it, but it was funny. It's fantastic. He did a couple of them. He did one for Superman and yeah. a lot of the others. But anyway, look it up if you get a chance. I can't remember the lyrics. Anyway, something along the lines of "I am the Batman now." Is yes. Anyway, so. All right. So, yeah, that was <laughs> my second like. Uh, do we have anything before we move into dislikes? No. I don't think so. No. Huh? no All right. So, Jim, what was your first dislike of this film? Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with the animation. Uh, I, I, not as a whole. The animation mm-hmm. is good. And I think Jacob saying what he did earlier about them being told last minute yeah. or later that that's why it was a change, that they weren't so... Um, What's the word? They weren't so focused uh, OCD about everything being perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. They were expecting, we need to just keep this animated series quality, the TV yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, like in the first scene, the the boardroom scene where he crashes in, uh, where they're uh, with the uh, counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a portrait in the background, painting, whatever. It looks like a, a female blob. And yeah. next scene, after a couple frames, you see it different. So. Uh, I, there are several scenes in this movie where there's some animation issues. Uh, it's not a big thing to me, but it was noticeable. Yeah, mm-hmm. It wasn't like, okay, this movie's not good because it has these, but it was enough for me to go, I see that one, and I see yeah. that one. And I'm not a huge animation critic, um, so I know it's probably a bigger deal for y'all. Welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my second gripe. Any, y'all can talk about that too. Well, to <laughs> jump in on your first yeah. gripe, because I don't mean to jump over you, but mine is kind of connected to his. Okay. Uh, my first dislike is not something I think I can let the tele- the fact that this was a television show thing forgive initially, because uh, in the very first... In one of the early scenes, Bruce Wayne is having a ball or a banquet or yeah, some right. kind of party in stately Wayne Manor. And, uh, of course, he's got his two girls on either side. Of course. One's, he's I think, a blonde. One's a redhead. Mm-hmm. And, he's t- and they're talking back and forth. I don't remember about what. And this third girl walks up, obviously, of Asian descent. I'm not going to guess which. The lady of Asian descent is the one where... The worst animation era, I think, in the entire movie happens. Mm-hmm. Her eyes is what I would love to know what happened to them. Because yeah. they are, the irises, not the irises, but everything Things but black. the pupil is black. Yeah. And it's like, okay, w- were you trying to go for a more Asian eye thing and you so you up. didn't put any of the white in there, and you kind of messed up because you thought this was going to be on television, and the right. scan lines would obscure that, and no one would notice. And if that's the case, why didn't you fix it on the close-up shot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how did that get past everything? Did the, the, the film grain mess that up where it wasn't obvious, and the restored, restored version I saw fixed it and mm-hmm. made it obvious? I don't know. It was. It just stood out to me in stark contrast to every other character in the movie. Right. Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with your eyes? Are you secretly the daughter of Doctor Robotnik from the <laughs> from the nineteen from the from the television show of the same era? Yeah. I, I figured. I figured they were trying to do something with her ethnicity. That's probably um, what it was because I, I, maybe it, it was it just, failed, but and maybe it was going to be the, the just the standard dot eye, and they right. were going to try everything else, but. Good night. It was bad. 
Maybe they bad. tried something else and then had to try to fix it, and maybe that maybe, was the... and it just it was unfixable. Yeah. And if they tried anything else, it would have gotten worse. Yeah. It's it just doesn't look good, and it stood out <laughs> to me like a sore thumb. Oh yeah, yeah. So much worse than even the painting thing you brought up. Because yep. admittedly, when I watch animation of this era, even theatrical, even Disney does yeah. this. Okay. You can only draw so small. Yeah. With hand, yeah, by hand. So that I, that kind of stuff just glosses over me. Okay, but that moment's like, okay, that should not have happened. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah, that's my second dislike. First dislike. First okay, dislike. <laughs> hey, Jacob, what's your first uh, dislike? I think mine mine is as long as the same line as yours. Be like, it does have small animation errors, like anything does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just that. View animation errors. That's about the only thing I can think of. Okay. okay. All right. So, Jim, what's your second dislike? My second dislike is just a plot issue with mm-hmm. the whole um, Beaumont family having to leave town. I say that because, okay, sure, I get I get the concept. They're in trouble. They owe money, and they can't yes. afford to pay it back. Um, but he says he's willing to do anything to get it taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. That's stated by him. Yeah. And she's just been engaged to one of the richest people in town. Which she he doesn't know. Yes, he does. She says that. and She says he proposed. Not before they left. No, no, no. He says they proposed, and she says, he's, I'm, I'm pretty certain that, that he says that uh, you can't, we got to go. It doesn't matter. We got to go. Not anymore. Um, kind of thing. Maybe he doesn't say, I mean, she already knows it's, or he already knows it's Bruce. Yeah. But they could have literally borrowed money from Bruce Wayne. Or he would have paid it. I'm. Sh- yeah. I guarantee you, Bruce would have said, "Yeah, I'll cover it. You're fine. Don't do any illegal dealings anymore. Yes. Be a good well, citizen." Let's be honest. Bruce Wayne would pay them back, and then the vigilante or whatever he was calling yeah. himself at that point right. would go and make a visit. Make right. a visit and scare them. All yeah. of a sudden, the money's back. For and they sure. Don't know why? <laughs> For sure. And I mean, especially yeah. if he just put on that fancy new. Uh, <laughs> That's the cow that he just found, got. And and again, I know why they did it. They're trying to make the story happen. But it yeah. was like, this is too obvious of a thing to me. I'm like, you, she's engage, uh, engaged really quickly mm-hmm. to Bruce Wayne. Well, who is let's, rich? Let us, let's billionaire. be honest. There's a lot of time compression happening, especially yes. in those flashback scenes. Sure. Because if you go by what they show you it looks like all that happened in a week sure i don't think that happened in a week i think that happened over at least three months sure and that's still a short amount of time but but i mean my my point being i mean if they're in love to that point i know bruce would have done anything to keep her there Mm -hmm. and i know she would have probably done anything to stay and her father says he will do anything and then they leave without considering the fact that bruce wayne would just hand him the money. And I mean, we could argue that maybe the amount of money that they owe, because I don't remember if they said how much it was. They didn't, they, but it was it could have, astronomical. And it could have been at, a, I mean, we don't know how much money Bruce has at the time, too. We know he has money, and I don't know how investments are going. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, realistically, they could have had way more money, and there's no way they could have paid it back. So I don't know. And, yeah. and admittedly, we don't know how much of the entire Wayne estate Bruce has right. access and it, to yeah. him. Yeah, at this point, he still be, may be... There could be some retainer, wait until he's reached a right. certain age. Yeah. Could be lot, tied up in medical stuff yeah. or in these yeah. other or sure, in projects. Sure he, yeah. I'm sure it's harder for him to pull it's out a liquid. billion dollars at one point than any, yeah. just like anyone yeah. else. But And again, this is just because I had to think of some things <laughs> I didn't like about this movie. Which is why we do this. <laughs> I had one more if we if we needed it, but it, it was just this nitpicky... <laughs> So yeah, you're, you're yeah. Fine. That's mine. Your second dislike, Jacob. My second dislike. Uh, I really didn't have one. You- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's probably way too loud. I didn't no, expect no, that fine. at all. Well, this is admittedly we don't require both. It's, that's if you true. can't come up with something. I mean, admittedly, we back on the Totoro episode, we just completely said there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah, sure. but uh, you really don't have anything. Not even a silly little nitpick. To round you out. Not that I can recall. Okay, Good well then job. I'll go into my silly little nitpick. <laughs> not well, it's just not really a nitpick. It's a it's a plot confusion on my part, and I'll fully admit I may have missed where they explained this, or maybe they I I do know where they explained it, but it didn't jive with me too well. Uh, the first death we see in here, which is 
Chucky Soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is before she arrives in town. Did she leave and come back? How did that work? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a. I know to Maybe some degree she it was, arrived early. Well, it's they do say in the film uh, that was she arrived later in order to draw the uh, the limelight or whatever away from it being her. Right, right, is what they say. But at the same time, it's like, but she still came to the came to Gotham, killed this dude, and then left without anyone noticing her. Just so she can come back in a plane later on. Well, she's got fancy smoke clouds and stuff yeah. she can use. Yes, but I have a feeling that much like Mysterio's fancy smoke clouds, sure. they yeah. don't really work like there's, they look like they work. That's true. Um, you know, it's that often actually happens. People, when they're trying to get away with something, they'll... They'll plan it, say they're out of town, they'll have the first thing oh, yeah. and then they'll, you know, try to get the uh, the, the the eyes off of them yeah. to begin with. Well, have a semi alibi. Yeah, that's it what makes, criminals do all it the makes time. Sense. Sure. It's just the way they showed it yeah. kind of made me go for a because I had I'd saw this movie thirty years ago and only yeah. saw it once. I knew who she was from the beginning. Right. I and I find it interesting that you can kind of see the the female shape under mm-hmm. on in the phantasm himself. I never yeah. noticed that. But you, okay. you can kind of see it if you look. If you kind of take the, I don't want to say take the cape off, but <laughs> you kind of ignore the cape part of it. Sure. You can kind of see the silhouette. Uh, silhouette. Okay. That is shaped femininely shaped. All right. So that's cool that they do that. But at the same time, I was going, well, is it not her? Because I thought it was going to be her. Yeah. And of course, it is her. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it was like, I know you're trying to throw stuff off, but at the same time, it's, this feels like you drew the phantasm in this spot. You drew her coming into town and decided no one's going to know. Well, and you know, um, I think they often try to do that. It's an animated movie, and the plot is not always going to be perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. Admittedly, this is a nitpick. And so. I'll, I will tell you, I watched it a long time ago, and I rewatched it before this. It wasn't the, the mm-hmm. this isn't the second time I've seen it. Um, and I even during that movie, I went, wait a second, who's the killer? Yeah, and yeah. it took me a while to get there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I would have to look at. I'd have to go back and rewatch it and check the scene, yeah, and see if there's any sort of. Uh, but the, there's. It just feels like. Right. I mean, if if they don't actually give you information, if it's a complete like faked out information, yeah, it's kind of I guess it, what you'd it, call sloppy writing because they're they're cheating call, you out. I of wouldn't it. call it sloppy writing because, admittedly, there's no reason for them to tell us that the phantasm even looked like they were leaving town. Sure. Yeah. Or, and I know they were trying to keep the Phantasm's identity a secret for most of the movie. Right. But at the same time, I'm going, if the first killing happened before she got there, how did, and she's a wealthy socialite that sure. a lot mm-hmm. of people know, how did she get into town without anybody knowing? Well, all she had to do is throw on a pair of glasses. And, uh, you know, True. This could... is the DC universe. Well, and, you know, with, yeah. with, with females, uh, they, they have a, a very good uh, opportunity with all the accessories. You can True. throw on a bandana and, and a she, set of glasses. And she could have had... And unless you interact directly with someone, yeah. it's and she, yeah. And she could have had a wig on sure. or something. And admittedly, if we saw evidence of that in the film... Yeah, I would give. I would. I, this wouldn't bug me as right, much. Right, right. They and, give no evidence, really, until Joker call, starts talking to Batman and calling him Toots and sure. realizing <coughs> that Joker knows who it is and knows it's a woman. We get no evidence that it is her, other than if you know, you can kind of see mm-hmm. that it's a feminine shape. You think it's a dude for most of the right, movie, right. yeah. Well, and again, my my and point the about, voice kind of gives you know. Well, yeah, considering they did use the guy who voiced her father, which is who they're trying to make you think it is. Yeah, right. Which, that is smart. Don't get me wrong. For sure. But ideally, at least for me, in a mystery, you you should have evidence of the truth even among the areas where you don't want people to know it. Well, that's my point. Really, lazy writing is often one of those things that happens when someone goes, okay, well, I'm going to give you this really cool mystery. And then at the end, you're going to get the conclusion, but 
but you don't actually have enough clues to yes. figure it out along the I way. Guess, I guess that's what it comes so down what to, is the mystery is not really that well written, even right. though the story is. Now, yeah. I didn't notice an issue with the early scene, and yeah. I would, if I go back and watch it, I'm going to look There's at that. There's probably not an issue with And I don't know if it's... Other than they just skipped an evidence scene, I would prefer right. like to have been and there. And it, it's fine if they don't show that scene, but if they allude to the mm-hmm. fact that she's not actually there, sometimes that can... Yeah. Depending on how they do it, I, I didn't notice a problem. But, but at the same time, I would I would say just mm-hmm. as a bit of a defense, this is not a mystery story. There is a mystery to solve, right? Yes. Right, right. But the focus, like I said earlier, the focus is not on finding the phantasm. It is right on Batman dealing with his past, and mm-hmm. it just so happens his past is walking around in a skull mask, right, and acting like Mysterio and killing gangsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so happens, it's. So it's not a like I said it is a nitpick. It's just if, right. Since we have a mystery element, I would like more of the mystery to be written like a good mystery, yeah, and not just kind of here's this thing. But it, considering yeah. it's a the, a ninety three animated movie, yeah, and for for a for DC kids. kid product, yeah, I think it's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's just like I said, it nitpick. is me being picnic picnicky picnicky nitpicky nitpicky. <laughs> I guess that brings us to the end of our uh, our discussion. So we need to give our final rating for the movie. Jim, on a scale from 0 to 10, what would you rate Batman Mask of the Phantasm? This one's a little tough for me. Uh, I'm trying to take nostalgia out of it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great movie, though. Um, again, like we've said all the points. There's no need for me to re- reiterate how great it is and why. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just say it's an 8.5. Jacob, what is your rating? 8.5 Batarangs. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, I am actually going to give it a 7 just because, A, I, have <laughs> it. I don't have the nostalgia with this. Okay. Uh, it's, I know y'all tried to take it out, but you never really... I, and I do have more nostalgia for the show. For sure. Oh, yeah. I do, so I do have some. I'm just giving it a 7 simply because it's not... It's gr- it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed watching the movie. It ain't great, right? It's yeah. I, honestly, there's some other animated stuff I think after this Batman related that I actually prefer more right. to this. But this is a good movie in and of itself. So yeah. Well, and again, I would and there's would, nothing wrong with a seven. Sevens usually means absolutely it's, it's flawed. Yeah. But good. I would yeah. absolutely say the the reason the eight point five as opposed to the seven and mm-hmm. for me is because we're talking about. An early example yeah. of a of a large project animated film yeah. for for the comic mm-hmm. slash cartoon industry here, right. as opposed to like a modern one. If this was made in 2012, mm-hmm. it would not be an eight. No, that is true. <laughs> it, it wouldn't even come close. Uh, it's a good movie. It would have a good story. It's still self contained mm-hmm. project, but I couldn't rate it as high because I'm giving it the fact when it was made and all right. that. That's, that's okay. why I rate it so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, anybody got anything else before we uh, move on to our rolling? Before we roll along? Uh, don't know. So, let's poof into it. Poof into it. Okay. Poof. It's a new one. So, um, because she vanishes in smoke. Poof. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a medication. <laughs> Isn't everyone on something? At nowadays? this point. Pretty okay. much. Okay, okay. So, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm took up three spots because it was on the list <laughs> Forever. for a while. Forever. In fact, it was on the list, even though we weren't doing it, all over our four months of uh, theme shows. Yeah. So, uh, we, when, it, when it left, it, uh, it, removed, it gave us three holes to fill. Okay. You had a hole on number four. What is taking its place? Aladdin. All the right. original Aladdin. Yeah. The good Aladdin. The good Aladdin. Actually, the new one's not the bad. The new one's not bad, for sure. Yeah. Still uh, haven't seen it. Need to watch it. I had a hole in one and six. I In spot one, I'm putting the Muppet movie. Ah. And in number six, I'm putting Wreck-It Ralph. I'm so going to Wreck-It. Yes. So... Let's. I'm going to go over quickly what is on all six spots. Number one, we have the Muppet movie. Number two, Kung Fu Panda. Wow. Number three, Oliver and Company. Number four, Aladdin. Number five, The Good Dinosaur. And at number six, Wreck-It Ralph. Hmm. The quote Billy Joel. Why should I worry? 
I've only why I've should seen all the I worry? Why should I care? Gonna go ahead and roll this. And it's number six, so we're doing Wreck It Ralph. I'm gonna wreck it. So uh, look forward to that episode next week. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh boy. So, Jim, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on uh, as Passive Creative on Facebook and Twitter, or Passive Creator on Instagram. Uh, if you're interested in the Movie of the Week podcast, you can find us at movieoftheweekpodcast.transistor.fm. I also do a webcomic, uh, the haphazardly thrown together webcomic, which is on Webtoon and on Tapas. Um, other than that, uh, you can find me occasionally bugging these guys. <laughs> so where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. On Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterbox at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, the Cellcast. Podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say the cell cast, that is with a single L. Next time on... Nice share, Ralph. As fellow bad guys, we've all felt what you're feeling, and we've come to terms with it. Really? Right here. I'm Zangief. I'm bad guy. Hi, Zangief. Hi, Zangief. I relate to you, Ralph. When I hit bottom, I was crushing man's skull like sparrow egg between my thighs. (laughs) And I think, why do you have to be so bad, Zangief? Why can't you be more like good guy? Then I have moment of clarity. If Zangief is good guy, Who'll crush man's skull like sparrow's egg between thighs? And I say, Zangief, you are bad guy. But this does not mean you're bad guy.